0: Hey there, 10 Minute Traders! Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today we have a special guest back online again, Allison Ostrander. I really enjoy getting to talk to Allison, and today we're going to be talking about the market that seems to never go down. So, Allison, hey, thank you so much for coming on today's show. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com. We give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance by Redwood Media Group. Founder and head trader of 10 Christopher Yule. The How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast is produced in partnership with my friends at FinClub.ai. I use the artificial intelligence data from FinClub as my primary indicator. I don't even take a trade if FinClub doesn't show me that I have a greater edge than any other traders in the market. You've heard the stats, 90% of traders fail, which is why you need to find an edge and FinClub has that edge for you for just a few dollars a day. The returns produced by FinClub have been shown to be more than double that of the market, with win rates as high as 90%. I mean, they basically make it so easy, they're going to show you exactly what stock is going to exactly what price. Basically they're handing everything you need to you on a silver platter. Listen, they are so confident that this will change the way you trade. FinClub.ai is going to give you two full weeks to test drive their service, and they'll even give you all their historical results so you can see exactly how it works and how it can dramatically change the way you trade. And that's exactly what I've done. So head on over to FinClub.ai to start your free two-week trial, and I'll even throw in some extra bonuses after you sign up. Now the only place you can get your discounts and free bonuses is at FinClub.ai. That's FinClub.ai.
1: Thanks so much
0: for having me. Well, I was just talking with Allison a little bit beforehand saying that I don't have a whole lot of topics to talk about except for the fact that the market literally never goes down. Um, (laughs) I'm sure that that's totally normal. Uh, Today's the beginning of, uh, well, it's the middle of January 2020, and um you know, totally normal, always goes up, uh, 10 points a day on the SPX, you know, that's, uh, to be expected. And, uh, of course I'm being sarcastic here, but, uh, <laughs> I was telling Allison that's like, it's great for my 401k, my IRA accounts and things like that. But, uh, for the short term of my trading accounts, not so great. Um, cause I, I have some shorter positions that I, uh, would like to see happening and they are just not working in my favor. So Allison, uh, tell me what, what you're seeing out there in, uh, in this, this market that never goes down?
1: Well, I know um, this might sound funny, but I was actually anticipating this market to kind of continue higher. I am a cautious bull for this year just because it is an election year. So we know that can typically cause some choppiness and stuff. Um, but overall, whenever we have the pullback back in 2018 going into 2019 last year, this pullback was actually a very normal technical move that we had seen back in 2015 going into 2016, as well as 2011 going into 2012 and each time on a longer time frame we went down and tested this monthly support level if it held it usually meant we were going back into a bullish trend for the next few years and so when we went down and tested it i was watching it very closely at the end of last year going into this year it ended up holding it beautifully and now we've started to bounce back up um in regards to how it pictures the same moves back in 2015 into 2016 and 2011-2012 um, the little checklist that I have, it followed through perfectly on that. So for me, I'm not too surprised to kind of see it inching higher. And of course, we've had catalysts that have come out globally that kind of help continue that motivation. Of course, signing the first phase one with the trade deal China and that has been on the talks and tables forever. Um, that's certainly a good sign for the global market to kind of keep this euphoric uh, movement to the upside. So. I am cautious because of the election year but otherwise to me this is a normal healthy pullback that we had and now we're going back into the bullish trend sentiment.
0: Okay. So at this point I you know I remember I don't remember the dates but I remember specifically over the last couple of years you know the term melt up being thrown around a lot and then <laughs> yes. you know we'll see these these catastrophic moves where it's the SPX is down 40 50 60 80 points in one day um What to you gives you like a red light, green light of, hey, maybe it's time to lighten up a little bit Uh, because that's where I'm at, right? I I have like one position on right now and it happens to be short because I'm super light in this market that feels really to me uh, very, very weak footed uh, bull market. Uh, But granted, I could be wrong. It's just my opinion. Um, But the the, what to you, like I was saying, what to you looks like? Uh, the time to lighten up or the time to to be stepping back?
1: Well, certainly I like to look at it as a bigger picture view before I really hedge my account to the downside. Um, So the first clue for me to at least maybe lighten up on some of my more bullish positions, if you will, or maybe consider taking profits if they're still there, um, is if we dropped down to 3,000 and started to break that. That to me on a longer timeframes, both on the weekly and monthly chart are pretty strong support levels. Um, so if we started to break that, that might be the cause for a bit stronger of a pullback. Um, but quite frankly, the one level that I keep a very close eye on on the monthly chart is an indicator called the ATR trailing stop. It is a free indicator for most charting platforms. Um, and what I have found is that The only two times that we have broken this level within the past 20 years was back during the dot-com bubble going into the early 2000s and back during the housing crisis going into the recession. And this is the level that we tested in 2011, 2015-16, 2018-19, where when it holds, we usually get that bounce and move higher. So currently that level is at 2784, which is certainly a ways away, right? Yeah, absolutely. if we did start to break that level, that is when I'm going to be a lot more bearish in my account. Because like I mentioned, the only two times that we've broken in the past is usually when we get that much stronger downturn in the market that people are always concerned about seeing. So uh, until we see that point, I'm gonna be bullish. If we start to break 3,000, know, then I'm gonna be a little bit more concerned hedging my account a bit more. Cause that to me means that we'll probably go down and test that ATR trailing stop. Um, which I mentioned is at 2784. But if that holds, if we can still overall hold that as a monthly support level, that to me would be a great time to buy back into the market once again and look to play it back to the upside.
0: Mm, Okay, so the SPX is trading roughly around 3,300 right now. So you're saying if we see like about a 10% pullback, but it holds, maybe that's a great buy the dip opportunity. But if it fails, then... uh, Maybe it's time to be, you know, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't know why you can, right?
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Or at least hedging your account to where your bullish and bearish trades are maybe a bit more even. Um, as I mentioned, right now I'm certainly more bullish in my account just from what I've seen. Uh, when I've been talking to my traders at the simpler trading community, I told them that I thought 3,300 was a kind of a magnet level for the price to test. Now I wasn't necessarily expecting it to jump above it. Um, but I'm not gonna, you know, say that the market can't, as of right now, I don't see any strong resistance levels above us that could cause for a ceiling anytime soon.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So when you're looking at now, granted, you know, whoever decides to short the SPX is, uh, certainly in for a world of hurt because like I said earlier, this market doesn't go down. Right. Um, (laughs) I mean, I've learned very expensive lessons that way. So when I'm looking to go short like right now, I'm looking for individual names. Are you still looking for individual names to uh, balance out some long positions uh, by going short? or do you stick if the market's long if if you're bullish on the market, then you're bullish on everything in between? or do you look to 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 do individual uh, trades where they uh, could potentially balance out your your portfolio deltas?
1: I still very much look at individual trades now I do tend to lean more towards bullish trades just with the bullish market Um, but I do like every now and then to try and look for a bearish uh, symbol overall right one that's been in a bit more of a bearish trend that's not currently with the market Um, because those can certainly help out that if the market starts to drop these names are probably going to start tumbling as well because they're Mm -hmm. not able to keep up with the market now And any sort of downturn is just gonna be a catalyst for that probably to continue in the downtrend. Uh, One of the ones right now I'm kind of keeping an eye on for the downside is SAGE, S-A-G-E, SAGE Therapeutics. That one's been in a bit more of a bearish trend since mid last year. Um, It certainly dropped off recently about 50 points or so in the price back in early December. Um, And right now it's kind of evening out, but I'm still seeing some bearish signals to where if resistance holds, and certainly if we do get that pullback in the market, that to me would be a good one to play back to the downside with some call credit spreads or some long debit put verticals.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, to get the audience and you the way my mentality lo- looks at, right, is what I do is I start looking at the sector ETFs, right? So you've got like XLB, XLI, um, XLE, et cetera. And then um, I'm looking for the, the weakest sector, right? And then I drill down into that sector and I say, okay, who's the weakest player in this sector? Okay, that guy looks like he's hurting. And even in a bull market, he is underperforming like crazy and his sector is underperforming like crazy. I think that maybe uh, this is an opportunity to go short. And if we do have a pullback, that's just going to exacerbate this this guy's uh, weakness and we could see it fall even further. So that's kind of where my mentality is as far as you know it, if if it's a strong sector, then I'm gonna look for the strongest stocks in that sector. If it's a weak sector, then I'm gonna look for the weakest stocks in that sector. and that that's kind of how I look to play it. So does that sound like something that uh, that you would do?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that's a smart way to go about it. Now, what I would still be looking at personally is on that weakest one, for example, has it been so weak now to where it's finding a price support level? You know is it in the pattern now where it's found a low we're on a longer time frame like a weekly chart it's a similar low that it's tested a few times and has bounced up from it so sometimes you need to be cautious that you don't want to be jumping in too late in the game on this downtrend um but i think that's a great way to go about it and certainly to look for positions to maybe hedge your account with overall um in this bullish market right so if you do have a lot of bullish trades that's a great way to uh, cherry pick some bearish trades to kind of hedge your account with or vice versa. If your account's more bearish, if the market's more bearish, finding those, um, what we like to call here at Simpler Trading, those honey badgers, those ones that kind of do their own thing and go against the market. Those are some good picks to kind of help even out your account a bit more um, so that when the market does go in that direction, those usually see a bit more of a pop in your favor.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you also use the uh, relative strength? Um, Now, granted, I... uh... Some platforms have this, some some don't. I've been getting uh, my relative strength number from um, Investor's Business Daily, and you can put in any symbol in there and it'll give you your relative strength versus the uh, the SPX. I found that to be really helpful. Is that something that you also incorporate or no?
1: Uh, no, I actually haven't, but I would be very curious about how it works. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, that,
0: yeah, it's a nice little indicator, right? So like if it's outperforming the SPY, then it'll have a very high number on a scale of one to a hundred. Maybe it's like 70, 80, 90, something like that. But if it's underperforming spy, uh, then it might have a low number, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40. Um, yeah. So that's just one of the things that I, I use um, whenever I'm looking to evaluate trades. And so that made me think of, um, you know, you were talking about looking for uh, support levels. What do you consider support levels? Do you consider at um, a price of value, like a pre, like, like for example, you know, if if something is coming down, it's getting close to $100 or do you look at a uh, moving average as a support level, right? So maybe the 50 or the 200 day or something like that. What what do you uh, sticks out greater as a uh, more reliable, I guess you could say, uh, version of support?
1: I actually do a combination of both those things. Um, it certainly depends on the symbol, right? They each kind of have their own personality when they trade. Um, But I certainly look at those psychological big numbers, like 3,000, for example, that we mentioned. Uh, But I also track uh, simple moving averages. The main ones on my chart are the 10, 30, and 100. And I will say SPX on a daily, uh, weekly, and monthly timeframe, when it goes into these bullish trends, it respects that 10 period simple pretty well. Um, So what I look for is on the daily chart, if we pull back to the 10 and it looks like it's holding, that's my time to reload into another long debit call vertical spread or maybe a put credit spread and just play for that bounce and continuation higher. If we start to break the 10 period simple on the daily chart, then I'll go over to the weekly chart, see where that 10 period simple is and kind of see whether or not that's in line. And for example, that 3,000 level I mentioned, that's not too far away from the 10 period simple on a monthly chart and the, I believe, 30 period simple on the weekly chart. It's just slightly above that. So not only do we have two simple moving averages kind of at that level to show support on two different timeframes, but that's also a strong psychological level. Mm -hmm. So when I see all of those things combined together um, and it looks like, you know, the price is moving back down towards those levels, that to me is one, a target to the downside, and two, I'm looking to see whether it holds or not. And if it does, that's a great spot to reload back in
0: to that. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. But you know, looking at the chart, just like taking two steps back and looking at SPX chart or SPY chart, man, I tell you what, that price is far away from any moving average in the past. (laughs) Right. I mean, when it goes, (laughs) yeah, it's, uh, I I was looking at that a couple of days ago. I was like, geez, there is like so much volume in between the two here between the current price and, and the moving averages. Um, uh uh, excuse me Allison this has been uh oh man excuse me Uh, there you go podcast we're not cutting that um (laughs) this has been highly highly educational I've really really enjoyed the talk here um oh man I need a drink one more second sorry
1: (laughs) I understand no worries
0: okay I think we're back (laughs) uh all right, so Allison, where can people learn more about you, and uh, you know, get get an idea of what what you're up to? Oh, you know what? Before we go down that road, you yeah. you were uh, sorry, um, sorry podcast, I am just all over the place right now. There was <laughs> one question I had. Uh, so for me right now, because volatility is like zero, right? You look at the implied volatility rank of like anything, and it's practically zero. Um, I even saw the other day on IWM the implied volatility rank was a negative. Uh, which doesn't seem possible, but <laughs> uh, but it was negative two. And I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. So uh, right now for me, like there's just no premium out there, right? And you were talking about called debit spreads, which is what made me think of that. Um, I've been looking at long calls and long puts, which is not necessarily uh, in my wheelhouse, but it's like, you know, 20 cents of extrinsic value on an in-the-money call, uh, 20 cents of extrinsic value on in-the-money put. And I'm like, these are, they're just nearly giving these away. Um, Have you changed your strategy at all um, in in recent weeks with uh, the fact that there's just no premium to be had out there in the option market?
1: Um, I still typically stick to long debit call vertical spreads as of right now, but there are still some symbols where whenever I see, for example, the price at support and it looks like it's going to bounce up with some of the indicators I have, I'll still take a look at credit spreads, uh, put credit spreads and see if I can't get any premium and typically at the money Um, if you're, you know, anticipating that it will stay out of the money, you can still get a 50-50 risk versus reward, which to me is usually pretty healthy and I don't mind getting in those. So every now and then I'll still look at credit spreads, um, but you're absolutely right. Volatility has just dropped. And time to just to take a step back really quick, we were talking about hedge trades. This is a great time to consider getting into um, one of the volatility indexes, whether you're able to get into shares themselves or if it's like the vix for example where you can't get in shares to go out and get a leap long call or something like that and the reason why i suggest this is typically the vix will stay within a range example this one in particular the vix will stay in a range between 10 and 15 points on average right right now we're about $11.99, so kind of right in between that range and so a great way to kind of hedge out your account long term is to jump into shares or to jump into a leap like this that's a year or two out And then what you can do is on the short term, on the weekly chart, um, or excuse me, weekly expirations is sell short calls against either that long call, or against your shares, and make money along the way. Um, And what I would do personally, so I would either look at two contracts of a long call, for example, if I had a smaller account, or maybe 200 shares total. And on the short call that I would sell against it, I would only sell one contract of it. And this is You know, just a great way to still make kind of weekly income, but it's also a great way to hedge your account because if the market just drops all of a sudden, if we get one of those spikes in volatility, one, if you're in a short call, yes, it might get called out for a profit, but then that's why you still have the extra hundred contracts or the extra uh, contract of The option trade, for example, because then you can play that spike up and it kind of helps hedge any bullish trades that you might have been in that got caught up all of a sudden in this downturn. So if you're looking for just a long term hedge for your account, that is a great go to one, especially when it gets around this price level. Because then, especially if you get into shares, you can just hold on to them and just wait for that spike to occur. Because it eventually is going to happen, right? We're eventually going to see some sort of pullback in the market. It can't just continue nope, in a straight line nope, up even nope, though it feels like never gonna it. happen.
0: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it only goes up always, ever. <laughs> well, then I should have oh,
1: invested when I was born, right? Oh, <laughs> I know, jeez.
0: Um, well, okay. I'm glad that we, uh, got back into the episode for just a, a few minutes longer. Cause I, I feel that that was a really, really good explanation on, on that point, Allison. So thank you for that. And I, I hope the podcast audience out there, uh, really takes that into account. Um, so Allison, you are the director of risk tolerance at simpler trading. Where can people reach out to you to learn more about you or your, uh, your company that simpler trading?
1: Yeah, they just reach out to us at Simpler Trading. Um, I u- do YouTube videos sometimes for our site as well, uh, but you'll often find me in the options membership in the trading room um, or in the trading room, which is great for beginners who have questions about strategies like this or about charts or anything like that. I'm in both of those rooms throughout the day um, helping other traders as well as trying to find new trades for myself and for them to put on and try and take some profits from.
0: Perfect. Well, Allison, I have really, really enjoyed this conversation today. Uh, It is always a pleasure to have you on. I I do like to tell people that you know I am so, so blessed and fortunate to be able to have this podcast where I can selfishly learn from all these people, (laughs) and then I can share this with the audience out there, and we all learn together. I mean, this is the the most mutually beneficial, symbiotic podcast I have (laughs) ever come across. (laughs) So, really, thank you so much for coming on and uh, you know sharing your wisdom and expertise and knowledge with us uh, today. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I can't wait to have you on again. And guys, (laughs) thank you so much for uh, tuning into today's How to Trade Stocks Options Podcast. Before you go, if you found this useful, leave a like. And if you know somebody that might want to learn from Allison as well, please make sure to share it with them. Uh, But most of all, make sure you subscribe and enable those notifications because I never want you to miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks that we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thank you so much for listening. And before you go, remember to head on over to FinClub.ai to get your two free weeks of artificial intelligence stock picks. You've got nothing to lose and only the most advanced AI to help you trade with confidence at FinClub.ai. That's FinClub.ai. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investor's and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. 10 StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives.